This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, unfortunately, over the last few years, I've had the privilege of visiting several emergency rooms and some of them are my favorite, and I keep on coming back there. But you know what's terrible in the ERs? Is to hear other patients crying out in pain. That's a horrible sound. And for the 11 years when I served on the board at Sharp Grossmont Hospital, which by the way has the most emergency room visits of over 120,000 patients per year, the issue that we talked about often on the board was pain management in the ER so people wouldn't be screaming out. So when Christ says in verse 33, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He's asking, how can you escape the nonstop crisis that's in hell? And by using this word damnation, it's not the only significant word that he used in that statement in verse 33, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He used the word escape in the context of hell as if to say, What a person wants and needs is an escape from hell. You know, during the 29 years that Alcatraz was a prison, was operating as a prison, all the prisoners in there, all they ever thought about was how to escape. There were 14 different attempts and 36 men who tried to escape from Alcatraz and they all failed except for maybe three. They don't know what happened to them. But prison was so horrible that the prisoners kept their hopes up by hoping to escape. And then there was a movie, well, it was a movie, The Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. And then there was another movie made of the true story of British and American airmen who were prisoners of wars in Nazi Germany. And it was so horrible that those prisoners, all they thought about is how to escape. And there was a mass escape of 76 prisoners who tunneled their way out of that prison. And, and in the end, there were three that actually made it out to safety. And that, that movie is called The Great Escape. Steve McQueen. And escape, it's kind of like picture being in a sinking submarine and asking, where's the escape hatch? Where's the escape hatch to get me out of this death tube? Escape was the word twice used by the angels 
as they dragged Lot out of the city of Sodom, which was soon gonna become a pit of fire. And they said, they said in Genesis 19:17, Genesis 19:17, it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou on the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And this is the word that Christ uses in verse 33, you serpents and you generation of vipers, how can you escape the crisis of hell, the damnation of hell? And by asking that question, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Christ is saying in that verse that to die as a hypocrite and as a serpent that causes other people to die without Christ is to be in the sinking submarine and running all around the submarine realizing there is no escape hatch out of this tube of death. But by asking this question in verse 33, how can you escape the damnation of hell, that even in the great escape, only three made it out to safety, and even from Alcatraz, where maybe three made it out, that in the damnation of hell, there's zero chance of escaping out of the horrible prison of hell, where all people ever think about is the impossible escaping from hell. There's only really one way to escape hell, and that's done before the judgment, before the judgment. There's only one way to escape hell, to escape the crisis of hell. That's the great gospel escape. The gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins is the only escape from the damnation, the crisis of hell. The gospel is the great escape. And the gospel escape that God provided is what Christ endured for us. In Isaiah 53, 5, Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The gospel is Christ was wounded for our transgression. The gospel is Christ was bruised for our iniquities. The gospel is the Lord has laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. And the great gospel escape is the great run to Christ. The great gospel escape is the great run to Jesus. The great gospel escape is the great run to Jesus who died for our sins. The great gospel escape, it's a great run to be under the blood of Christ as the great umbrella that protects from this crisis in hell, damnation of hell. The great gospel escape is a great run to Jesus, just like chickens run under the wings of the hen to protect him. The gospel is not only an escape from the damnation of hell, it's the only escape from the damnation of hell. Just as Christ said to the scribes and Pharisees that if they didn't repent of their hypocrisy and wickedness, they could not escape the damnation of hell. So the Bible says that there's no way for a person to escape the damnation of hell if he neglects responding to the gospel, which is what Hebrews 2.3 is saying. Hebrews 2.3 is saying, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, asks the Bible. Not just a salvation that God has provided for us in Jesus Christ, but a so great 
salvation that God provides for us. Like Charles Wesley, him, ask four thought-provoking questions. And after each one of these questions, there could be a statement. Don't just sing this hymn, we can hear Wesley say. Stop and think about what's being asked by these questions. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Stop and think about that question. Me, the beneficiary? Died he for me who caused his pain? Stop and think about that question. Because of me, he suffered? For me, who him to death pursued? Question mark. Stop and think about that. For me, all that. For me, he died? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Stop and think about that question. How could God die for me? And these last words, how great a salvation God provided for us, that thou, my God, shouldst die for me, that's why the gospel of Christ, that Christ died for our sins, that's why it is the real great escape from the damnation of hell because it's a so great salvation, so great is the so great escape. And what's also so amazing is that hell is so horrible that God is not willing that any should perish, as it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, and he says that, and God is willing, so willing to have all men to be saved, as it says in 1 Timothy 3, 4, that in spite of the fact that these scribes and Pharisees were the serpents and the vipers operating for hell, the generation of vipers that killed God's servants, the prophets, that even these people, Christ is not willing for them to perish. Christ is willing for them to be saved. And what we see in verse 34 is again, Christ throwing out the gospel life preserver to them. When he says in verse 34, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes. He's telling them that as horrible as hell is, as horrible as they are, he will not let them just die in their sins and be cast into the damnation of hell without sending them more prophets, more wise men, more scribes to point away, to say, here's the sins that you're guilty of. Turn away from them. Here's Christ, the great escape from the damnation of hell. Turn, run to him. And he'll send those people, and he has sent those people to warn them, to point out their safety in the cross, even though he knows what they're gonna do to him. Verse 20, 34, verse 34. Some of them you shall kill and crucify. Some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. And when he says that in verse 34, he's reading our job description. That's our job description. It's our life job description because Christ has called us to be those prophets, wise men, and scribes sent to people like this. Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. He said in John 20, 21, John 20, 21, and said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. We're the prophets, we're the scribes, we're the wise men that Christ sends into the world. 
And as he sends in the world, you say, why? Because, Romans 10, 13, Romans 10, 13, because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it's written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So really, those verses in Romans 10, 13 through 15 that I just read, Christ is saying the great escape, the great gospel escape, it's clear. And it is whoever calls on the name of Jesus Christ will have the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell. But how's anyone gonna make that great gospel escape to Christ if they haven't believed who Christ is, that he is thou my God dying for me, God who died for our sins? How is anyone gonna believe that Christ is the great gospel escape if they never hear anything about who Christ is as God who died for their sins? And how's anyone gonna hear Christ is the great gospel escape if no one tells them? No one tells them. How's anyone gonna go tell them that he's the great gospel escape if they're not sent by God? That's the questions. And there's one more remaining question that's unwritten in those Roman 9 series, and that question is, if not you, then who? Who is gonna be sent and who's gonna go and tell that Christ is the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell? And this is what the prophet Isaiah came to realize and say to himself, if not me, then who? When he prayed to God, he didn't say, Lord, here's him, send him. He said in Isaiah 6, 8, Isaiah 6, 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. And he said, go and tell the people. Isaiah heard God the Father speak to God the Son and speak to God the Holy Spirit and have an internal meeting among themselves and ask the question in Isaiah 6, 9, Isaiah 6, 9, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And when Isaiah heard that, he asked himself that question, if not me, then who? And that's what caused Isaiah to step forward and say, how about me? Why can't I go and tell the people that Jehovah Jesus is the great escape, the great gospel escape? I'll go. And this is what God wanted to hear from Isaiah. In verse eight, Isaiah 6, 8, Isaiah 6, 8. Here am I, send me. In Hebrew, hineni, shlakani. Hineni, shlakani. He says, hineni to God, here am I. He's saying, I may not be worth much. I may not be much of a man. After all, I got a foul mouth. I got unclean lips. And my life is not much. But you cleansed my lips. You cleansed my lips and my life. And I know that if you come with me, you're by my side, I can tell the people that Jehovah Jesus is the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell. We can do it. And God heard that. And God said to Isaiah, you're the man. In uh, verse nine, verse nine, Isaiah 6, 9, Isaiah 6, 9, go and tell this people. Go and tell this people. And that Isaiah did, and he wrote the clearest description 
in all the Old Testament of Jesus Christ as the great gospel escape in his 53rd chapter of Isaiah, where he said in Isaiah 53.11, Isaiah 53.11, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. But Isaiah, when he was called and sent, he was warned by God. Don't expect this message that Christ is the great gospel escape to be received and believed. And so God told them right off the bat in verse nine, Isaiah 6, 9, Isaiah 6, 9. He said, go tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. So there God was telling Isaiah, Isaiah, you'll tell, they will hear, but they will not understand. Why? Don't be surprised that they don't understand because they don't want to understand that Christ is the great gospel escape. There is God who was telling to Isaiah, Isaiah, you'll tell, they'll see, but they will not perceive. So don't be surprised that they do not perceive because they don't want to perceive that Christ is the great gospel escape. And sure enough, that's exactly what Isaiah found when Isaiah finally put his pen to paper to write the great explanation that Jesus Christ is the great gospel escaped from the damnation of hell, he was amazed by their refusal to understand, their refusal to perceive that Christ is the great gospel escape. And that's why he starts out his whole explanation in Isaiah 53 with these great questions. Who believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's Isaiah saying, all I see is unbelievers. Where are the believers in Christ as the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell? Isaiah didn't see them, but God did. And this is what the summer blitzers are encountering during these 12 weeks of grueling, tough, not just the weather. The spiritual weather is worse than the physical weather out there. They're telling all the Jewish people in the U.S. that Christ is the great gospel escape, and they write in their report from today, quote, the Brooklyn team had probably their most serious incident come up today with a crowd of around 20 men forming around two of the team members and threatening them. No one was hurt, but the team is planning on knocking some other maps for a couple days at least before going back to finish that specific area. Why did the summer blitzers do, go into such, why do we send them into such dangerous areas as the religious sections, the Jewish religious sections of Brooklyn? Because the Brooklyn team had probably their most serious incident come up today, so forth, as they said. We send them to Brooklyn because Christ said in verse 34, verse 34, wherefore, I, behold, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. And like Isaiah, those summer blitzers are asking the question, where are the believers among them who believe Jesus is the great escape Gospel escape from the damnation of hell. And even though they don't see any, Christ says, keep on going. Don't give up. They're out there. You'll find them. And then all of a sudden, this summer, in the, one of the hardest cities for opposition for us, Cleveland, they find David, who asked them 20 times, tell me over and over and over again how Christ is the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell. And David comes to Jesus Christ as his own personal gospel escape from the damnation of hell. And you go, we have David's picture every morning. 
Sunday, in the bulletin. And from David, we can hear Christ say, I told you so. I told you, most will not respond to you. They didn't respond to me. John 1.11, John 1.11, he came unto his own, his own received him not. But in spite of that rule being for the most part, his own received him not, there's going to be John 1.12, John 1.12, but as many as received him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And David in Cleveland is just one of those as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And not only Isaiah came to understand that most will not, but some will. Not only the summer blitzers had come to understand that most will not, but some will. The prophet Elijah had to come to understand that most will not, but some will receive Christ as the great gospel escape. First Kings 19.9, first Kings 19.9, and he came thither into a cave, Elijah, and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elisha? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And God responded, 1 Kings 19, 18, 1 Kings 19, 18, yet, have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. Reminds me uh, a time when we were touring in the uh, northern part of France, and we were in the city of Reims, which is where all the champagne comes from. And there is a big estate there from Madame Pomerie, and there's the caves of Madame Pomerie that she built, had built, 11 miles of underground caves in um, Lyme, way down under there, under her estate of her house, this vast supply of champagne, some of it dating back to the 1800s. Must taste wonderful. Anyway, so many bottles of champagne down there we saw on that tour. And at one point, the tour guide said to us, now, I'm gonna show you Madame Pomerie's reserve stock of champagne. Her first name was Louise, it was called Louise. Few bottles of her best champagne, and they called that the, her reserve stock that she kept just for herself. And that's the word that God used for Elisha in Romans 11.4, Romans 11.4. What saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who've not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, that small number of the best bottles of champagne among the great many bottles that Madame Pomerie, she had this little tiny amount that she reserved to herself. That's the very, like the very small number of remnant believers in Christ that have come to him as the great gospel escape. And that's why God said in Romans 11, 4, Romans 11, 4, I have reserved to myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for having a reserve stock. Lord, and help the summer blitzers to find them and help us to not give up, but to keep praying. And Lord, to know whether it's believed or not, the truth is still the same. Christ is the great gospel escape from the damnation of hell. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.